The peace of Christ be with you. As we settle into this place, I invite you to take about three deep breaths to be made aware of the Spirit's presence and to feel yourself held by this house of prayer. Sisters and brothers, let us worship the living God. Good morning. Please rise in body or spirit for the call to worship. Friends, we gather seeking a divine presence. Come, Holy Spirit, come. We gather seeking a way forward. Come, Holy Spirit, come. We gather seeking strength and wisdom for what lies ahead. Come, Holy Spirit.
You may be seated. I want to welcome you here to worship at Westminster, especially if you're visiting with us. A welcome to you. I invite you after worship to our Finley Hall where we'll have a little reception for our graduates as well as a chance to get to know each other better. So will you please join me in the community prayer that's printed in your bulletin. Let us pray. God, you were at the beginning. You have been present in every age. You are with us now. Your creation bears your imprint, diverse, lovely, and interdependent. Help us to find our place in this world and to find our place in you. Forgive us for when we deny our connectedness, serve or take on too much out of an inflated sense of ego. Grant us the trust we find in faith that frees us to live as you would have us live. Our prayers continue in quiet. Friends, hear the good news. God's spirit has been poured out upon each one of us, and we have been given new life. We are no longer scattered or divided, but gathered together to dream and to create the kingdom of God here on earth. Thanks be to God. Amen. It is a Sunday of our birthday blessing, so if you have a birthday in May or perhaps missed a blessing in a previous month, I invite you to come forward. Well, happy birthday, everyone. May is an extra fun month because both of my family members have birthdays in May. Happy birthday to all of you. Today is the day of Pentecost. So I wanted to read for you a special Pentecost poem. It's by Malcolm Geit. Today we feel the wind beneath our wings. Today the hidden fountain flows and plays. Today the church draws breath and sings as every flame becomes a tongue of praise. This is the feast of fire, air, and water, poured out and breathed and kindled into earth. The earth herself awakens to her maker and is translated out of death to birth. The right words come today in their order, and every word spells freedom and release. Today the gospel crosses every border, all tongues are loosened by the Prince of Peace. Today the lost are found in God's translation, whose mother tongue is love in every nation. So on Pentecost, we actually celebrate a birthday, the birthday of the church, the day when the Spirit comes to all the people. 
And my hope, my prayer for each of you on your birthday is that spirit will be alive and dancing in your lives, not just on your birthday, but every day. May you know God's spirit with you. Happy birthday. So usually at this point in our service, we have our children come forward for the time of discovery. However, today we have something extra special in that we're celebrating our high school graduates. So we want our kids to be here for the celebration, but we invite you to simply stay in the pews. And I'm going to invite forward Jeff to honor our graduates. So when we, it's interesting that we have Pentecost Sunday and we'll be, talking about between our youth and our children, many of the things that happen in the book of Acts where Pentecost is commemorated. And one of those things is the people spread out all over the place. And that's what happens with our graduates. (laughs) They go to schools on the East Coast. They go to schools locally. They stay here. They go to work. They go into the armed services. They go into so many different places. And so every year we want to take the opportunity to in some way commission them with the great gospel that they go spreading good news, love, joy, and peace, the things that hopefully we have given them as a gift of this church, and of course they've given us. So as we do that, I just want to share, we're going to share a few pictures of our various students. And as you see their pictures, we have some people that wanted to share about specific graduates that we hear But something I want to invite all of you to do is, after the service, you'll see a number of these, Oh, the Places You'll Go, by Dr. Seuss. It's on a reading 12th grade level, reading. (laughs) It'll be in the fellowship hall. There will be a sticky note with each of our graduates listed over top of it. And we invite you to write a personal note to each of our graduates, especially if you know them if you may have remembered them from volunteering in our nursery even, if you remember them from having been served at a pancake fundraiser, whatever you might know of them, we invite you to write something about each of them. And they will get to take these home. We'll have this here this week and also the following week in case uh, you know there's a crowd or somebody might have missed. So we invite you to write something down. Each of them will get to take this home or wherever they go with them the places they may go. So I'm going to invite Owen Peterson up to share a few words, and then you'll hear from a few other people regarding our graduates. Okay. So, Michael Kessel has a skill that is very important within a person's life. He can teach people. This is shown when he taught me how to ski, and although I fell many, many times, he taught me how to put my skis back on and keep skiing.
So you don't see a picture of Liam there, but picture a guy with a football helmet on, that's him. Um, anyway, I got to know Liam uh, on one of our mission trips, the New York mission trip, and we got to stay in a big church near uh, uh, Columbia University. And as you know, on our mission trips, we go out all different places, but mostly we're riding the, the subway, and anyway, we don't get much of a workout. And Liam being uh, the super athlete that he, that he is, he, he was getting nervous about not working out. So anyway, he uh, organized a group of, of uh, the athletes in, to stay in shape, and I think they, they went on a run with Rob uh, for the first day, and then the second day, that wasn't enough. So I'm wandering around the church, and I find them all in the sanctuary, this giant old church doing push-ups and pull-ups. And so, so he can write the book on how to stay in shape when you're on a mission trip. And maybe, you, uh, Rob, you can add that to your, your little, uh, little app. <laughs> anyway, we wish, wish uh, Liam the best, and I think he's going to Cornell, right? And I think so. Anyway, uh, I hope we'll always have a home for him, and uh, uh, he's a great guy. Kyle, where are you? <laughs> you are smart. You're an empathetic listener. You're a leader. You're kind. You're organized. You're an incredibly hard worker. Musician, we've enjoyed his music. Student and leader. I have had the incredible personal pleasure of watching you grow from a, an enthusiastic participant for three years in the rest dinner through the Branson School to an, just an amazing leader. Um, Evelyn and the whole Sayers family has just embraced and taken on the rotating rest dinners. Kyle began with mom in charge and ended really leading the groups, um, our last rest dinner. Um, he, he, he prepped the kids before, served the dinner, helped uh, troubleshoot things, led the discussion as to what the experience meant to people afterwards. Um, Katie, co-leader, behind the scenes, Kyle, the front person out there, the whole Sayers family has just been astonishing on this. 23 dinners they've done. So, last summer, Kyle really wanted to do border links, which um, our inimitable Barbara Rose started in our church, and Evelyn really didn't want to go, but being the super mom she is, she packed up and went with him, and it became an absolutely life-changing experience for him. He met a man named Juan. Juan had been sent back to Mexico from his home in Chicago. He was separated from his family, his work, and his home, quote, with a car in the garage. This impacted Kyle. So when Kyle came back, he decided that he wanted to do something more than just have this immigration situation as an abstraction. He'd been involved with Next Generation Scholars, helping first-generation, low-income, 
immigrant kids get in, into school, into college. Kyle, as the youngest kid, youngest person, proposed teaching a coding class to middle school kids in the canal. Son of a gun, he got accepted. Youngest participant, taught this amazing class, changed lives. He'll change lives again this summer because he'll be teaching the same coding class. Kyle has had amazing family support. And as the saying goes, it takes a village. It's taken this church. Kyle has grasped every opportunity to the deepest. I can hardly wait to see and hear what he does as he hits Tufts in Medford, Massachusetts. So again, thank you for all your love and care of our seniors. Uh, one thing we always say to each other is, if you're not here, that doesn't mean you're not part of our family. So they continue to be part of our family wherever they may go. And again, I just want to invite you to take advantage of these books. They'll be out for the next couple Sundays in the Fellowship Hall for you to write a personal note of encouragement to each of them. So now I'll invite all of our middle school and children to follow me as we head over to Finlay Hall. So our high school seniors are not the only ones celebrating a graduation. San Francisco Theological Seminary had its commencement just yesterday. So I would like to invite Patrice and Brooke to come forward. Pat come on. Oh, there's Patrice, Drew, and Brooke Scott, who were both recognized, handed a diploma yesterday for their master's degrees. So we just want to say congratulations. It's been a multi-year process for both of you. How exciting to have reached this part of your journey. Um, but I often find graduation certainly is a time of celebration, but also maybe a time of like, ah, now what? <laughs> so we just want to give you a little gift that shows you how much we love and support you. And whatever may come next for you, we continue to love and support you. comes with one of my favorite quotes from Jeremiah. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. And know that even though you have now graduated, God is still walking with you into that future filled with hope. And it's just, it's just a simple cross. It's a mosaic cross. Each one handcrafted, each one different, just like each of the graduates. So you may just know that we are behind you. Whatever may come next, we are loving and supporting you. So congratulations to both of you. Yes, absolutely, yeah. And then next, I don't know if you noticed, but we had a small change in our bulletin today um, under program staff, where all of our names are listed. It now says the Reverend Dr. Robert McClellan, Pastor... So, 
So Rob, we wanted to also give you a couple of gifts. And in fact, some of the members of this session and of our commissions got together and remembered that when you become a doctor, you actually get to wear a new robe with special bands on the sleeves. So they got together and this is a gift certificate for you for a new doctoral robe. And... So Rob's dissertation was all about pilgrimage, pilgrimage as a spiritual practice. So we as a congregation wanted to give you something that symbolized pilgrimage. So what we have for you is a stole with a path on it, a path to pilgrimage. And we hope that uh, that will remind you of that we are journeying together on this pilgrimage. exciting time of year for all of our graduates. So that's a lot of joy, which leads us right into our time of joys and concerns. If you have a joy or a concern to share with us, I invite you just to raise your hand and let us know. Yeah, Susan. I wanted to lift up the So Susan's friend Sequoia, who has been in our prayers, is looking for a heart transplant, got the call that they had a heart, but then as they were taking the heart out of the donor, it, it was not viable. So Sequoia continues to wait, and we certainly continue to keep her in our prayers. Other joys or concerns? Yeah, Barb. Yep. Barb offers prayers for the families of uh, those killed in Santa Fe, Texas. Prayers that our nation may do something about gun safety in the near future. Carol. So Carol lifts up that um, there is a march against gun violence across the Golden Gate Bridge on June 2nd. She and Sally are going to be participating. would love to bring a group from Westminster. See Carol. Yeah, Richard.
another graduate. Richard just finishing a program. Yeah. Finishing a program up at Sonoma State and giving thanks to Jesus and the Posada family for all of their support. And while we're on graduates, Judy Friedy, did you not just recently graduate from a spiritual direction program as well? Yes, yeah, so congratulations, the newest spiritual director in our midst. Congratulations to you. Prayer for Senator John McCain. Yeah. Let's have a few moments of silence as we hold all of these prayers in our hearts, and then I will lead us in the Lord's Prayer. So let us pray together. Gracious God, you hear the prayers of your people, and they're offered in the name of the one who teaches us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors, and lead us not into deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. 
The first scripture reading is from Acts, chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Listen to what the Spirit is saying to the church. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. This is holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. For the second reading, I simply want to say thank you to all of you. The degree I've finished is, is designed to support pastoral work, and it already has, and it will continue to support the work I do here, but it's not possible without your support, uh, financial and, and otherwise prayer, and so I'm grateful for the ways in which you've supported that work. Uh, I, I'm also mindful that there were five of us with Westminster Ties graduating there yesterday, and there's nobody else in the pipeline, so the question is... Who's next? The Spirit's working here. So uh, there may be someone sitting here today wrestling with the call to further uh, study in the Spirit. Oh, yeah, we have one more. That's right. I guess we do have one more. That's right. Um, but there may be more. So come talk to us. The second reading is another story of the Spirit's movement. Thank you, Sharon. Another story of the Spirit's movement, this time from the Older Testament. It's from Ezekiel, chapter 37, the first ten verses. Listen for what the Spirit not only said then, but is saying now. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and the Lord brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. The Lord led me all around them. There were very many lying in the valley, and they were very dry. The Lord said to me, Mortal, can these bones live? I answered, O oh Lord God, you know. And the Lord said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you. And you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I had been commanded, and as I prophesied, suddenly there was a noise, a rattling and the bones came together, bone to its bone. I looked, and there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. And the Lord said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, mortal, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. I prophesied as the Lord had commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, a vast multitude. 
Friends, this too is holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. It is Pentecost, if you haven't noticed. So hold on, because it's that moment when we commemorate this holy gathering when the Spirit came down like fire and rushed in like wind, and you might need to hold on to something, lest the Spirit sweep through here again. And as you've already experienced, today we are celebrating our graduates, which might feel like a whirlwind to some of you, especially parents or others who have had graduates in their lives, because it probably seems like just yesterday that those tall folks were a little shorter and found themselves wrapped around their parents' legs, sitting on their shoes as their parents hobbled around, taking adult steps. And now to see those little ones walking across stages, all on their own, out into that big bad world. That feels like a whirlwind, I suspect. I've come to love this time of year because I love the genre of the commencement address. I'd love to hear uh, your speeches that you've liked and consider favorites. Send them to me if you have them. I think of David Foster Wallace's famous address at Kenyon College, This is Water. It's one to look up if you've never read it. Or Barbara Bush gave this remarkable address at Wellesley in 1990 where she, she pushed out even farther, making room for women to make all kinds of choices. Uh, probably my favorite is uh, Alan Alda, who gave an address to medical students at Columbia University. He, Aldo was not a doctor, but he played one on TV, and apparently that qualified him to speak. And even though he was speaking in 1979, he had things to say particularly about gender and how we relate to one another. Well, things to say that are remarkably poignant all these years later. Well, you can name them. You can find the lists. You can find speeches from uh, Bono, from uh, Jeff Bezos, from J.K. JK, uh, Rowling to uh, Ellen DeGeneres, Michelle Obama. They're all Steve Jobs. All kinds of wonderful addresses, and they're rich, and they're inspirational because they name the importance of a moment when you move from one thing to another. Many of them are wonderful. Many of them are troubling, deeply troubling. You have to look a little bit to see it, but it's always gnawed at me beneath the surface, this, this thread that runs through so many of them that just doesn't feel right. We say so often to our young people at various moments, you are the future, and I understand what we mean by that. But they are like we are simply part of the present, an important part of the present, not just the future. And to live life that always defers your actualization or your contribution to some distant time, well, that's no life lived at all because none of that is promised. And all that's promised is the present. And so we would do well to inhabit that fully, even as we plan for the future And think about it, what a strange gift that is to give the world, to give the entire future to one generation of people. Here's the world, it's a little broken, have fun. (laughs) 
That's a lot of weight. But we say they can fix it. You can fix it. You can save it. You can save the world. What a setup. What an impossible and unfair charge. At least in this place, we're Christians. So the Savior thing's been solved. You can check that off the box. A lot of damage has been done in the world by people who think they're the second coming or the first coming for that matter. And so we are free to release ourselves from our messianic complexes if we're prone to carrying them from time to time. And we would do better to simply learn to walk in the way of the Savior. I know we don't talk about Jesus in that language that often in here. But we could learn a lot from how he inhabited the present. His way. I don't think he was as concerned as many of us are uh, about being great. He seemed to me to be far more focused on being good. His life, actually, if you look at the stories, you reread them, it was really an, as an assembly of small moments that were made great by the way he inhabited them with a sacred presence. He had this ability to let people and their stories and their pain touch him. And he was affected by them. And in reverse, he was able to reach out and touch those, particularly those that the world had said were untouchable. Small moments that were made great. Jesus didn't go around talking about how great he was. He went around simply telling the truth. The truth about everyone's belovedness and everyone's place in the kingdom, the reign, the realm of God. And he told the truth to systems, religious systems, economic systems, political systems that took advantage of the vulnerable. He told the truth to them. That's why they killed him. It wasn't because he was nice. Because he told the truth to people who didn't want to hear it. He was concerned with being good as much as being great. And that's our work, whether we're graduating or we've long since graduated. We tell our graduates, now go get the right job and that will help you save the world. But our work is far broader and deeper than what we do for a paycheck if we work for a paycheck. It's nice if those overlap, but that's not the totality of our being or of our contribution. And our work isn't first and foremost about doing, if you believe in the gospel at least. Many of you know that the first half of the book of Acts is called the book of Luke. And in the book of Luke, you see what Jesus does at a key moment of commencement. It's not called that in the Bible, but Jesus has just finished training up some of his disciples. Disciples just means student in Greek. And he sends them out for the first time, having graduated from at least some grade. And note how he sends them out. Two by two, never alone. That'll preach. And beyond that, he doesn't send them out to do a whole lot first. First, he says, go out and I want you to see where you are received. He wants them to experience divine hospitality 
first, to know what it feels like for two key reasons that I can figure. The first is to prove to them that God is already at work out in the world and it's not your job to bring God to the rest of the world. And secondly, to give them an experience of it before they dare to think they can offer it to someone else or import it to somewhere else. Jesus is strategic like that. So what I would say to the graduates, if I were speaking to them, is you are already part of something beautiful. Something rich and diverse and varied and wonderful. You're you're already part of it. And there is a place for you in it. Just as you are and that needs just what you bring. Knowing you'll also grow into something greater. And who I would draw upon is the Apostle Paul, who would remind us that we're all part of a body and what makes the body function is our differences and we need what the other brings and they need what we bring so that together we can have some kind of functioning body. And then I might draw on who I think is our patron saint here. In Marin, John Muir of good Scottish Presbyterian origin. He left that behind because he found God in the trees, but I'm sure you can't relate to that. (laughs) But it was in him. The true gospel was in Muir. It didn't leave him. It just took new shape. And Muir would remind us that if you try to pick out something, you quickly find that it's hitched to everything in the universe. Mere like Paul recognized that fundamentally we are connected. Our connectedness is our fundamental state, not our individuality and our separateness. So I would draw on those two. And I would ask our graduates, do you feel connectedness? Have we remembered that gift appropriately? There are moments when we have and we commemorate one today with all these gorgeous decorations. It's the Pentecost moment when the world once again must have felt like it was coming apart. That was the, the moment when the entire world came together. If you read that Acts passage in its full, your tongue will be exhausted from all the foreign names of the cities that were gathered there in that moment. People from different lands, people carrying different customs, I'm sure, different philosophies and definitely speaking different languages. And the miracle that happened at Pentecost was not that their didn't catch on fire. The miracle was that they understood one another even as they spoke different languages. They didn't force one language on anybody, just the language of understanding. And Pentecost is the birthday of the church, so think about that. Our birthright is not the ability to conquer one another or to force conformity out of one another. Our birthright is the capacity to understand one another. What a wonderful gift worth honoring. And I would ask our graduates, do you see that happening in the world? When you look out at the landscape, do you see a functioning, connected, healthy, whole body? Or do you see something that's broken and severed? 
and spread out. Do you see a body or do you see a pile of bones? And I'm sure on any given day you see a little of each. But if you lean toward the latter, I would encourage you to listen to Ezekiel who looked at his people scattered, broken, dried up, and dead, and asked the Lord, can these bones live? And the Lord said, if you say so, literally, if you say so, because I want you to prophesy to the bones and prophesy to the breath, which is the spirit, which is God. Speak words of life into them. And I would ask our graduates, what kinds of words will they use? A couple weeks' time, I'm going to be the preacher at Zephyr Point Presbyterian Retreat Center in Tahoe at a family camp. And the text I've been given is when Jesus is taking his students around and he sent them out and they weren't well received. They did not encounter divine hospitality. And they're eager students and they think they've learned the lessons. They said, Jesus, do you want us to call down fire from heaven and consume them? And Jesus says, no, no. And it's tempting to call down fire and want to consume the other. But Jesus says to us, like Ezekiel would probably say to us, enough, enough consuming each other. We have enough dried and scattered and dead bones. Time to speak words of life to this world and to one another. And the other myth of the modern graduation speech is you do it by yourself, and nothing could be farther from the truth. And so what I would say to the graduates is, don't think you're graduating from a faith community. Yes, experiment. Yes, question. Yes, branch out. Yes, try new things. And yes, remember where you're rooted. And graft yourself onto a community that bears fruit. And you'll know that it bears fruit because it, when you take it inside you, it helps you navigate this complicated world. And it is a complicated world. And that's why we need one another. Remind us of our connectedness. And you will need someone to pull you in and be connected to you. And you will be that someone for someone else who needs that sense of connection. That's what it means to be human. Now, I played a little bit of a trick on you with your bulletin cover. I was trying to show you that you are a church that strives appropriately to help people navigate this complicated world by having this gorgeous quote about Westminster Presbyterian. And it is about Westminster Presbyterian Church in Minneapolis. (laughs) And you're going to hear about them Next week, there's a tease, about the ways in which they have navigated their complicated world in a faithful way. But of course, I picked it because it so beautifully names who you are too and how you've uh, worked to raise up young people and less young people that can navigate faithfully this world. So next week, I'll talk about that church. This week, I want to just say one thing about their pastor because I think it gives us an image of what the church tries to do as it nurtures us through all stages of our lives. The pastor is a man named Tim Hart Anderson, used to be the pastor at Old First in the city where Brooke interned recently. 
many years ago. And Tim tells a story of his first experiences of the church. Remember this as you see the little ones running around. His dad was the pastor, and he was a giant man, six foot six, about like me. And he... (laughs) Size 17 shoes. And uh, he said they were like platforms. And when his father would come out to do the benediction and the blessing at the end of the service, Tim and his sibling would come out of the front pew... And they'd come up and they'd lift up his, their dad's robe and they'd crawl beneath it and they would sit on those platform shoes and they would wrap their arms around his legs. And there they would stay during the entire benediction, which was a prayer in that church. And there they would stay as he recessed at the end of the service. Like, and there they would stay as he greeted everybody one after another, offering the blessings of Jesus on the way out. And I share that because, of course, our graduates should know that they are never too young to make a bold step and do something good for the world. And they are also, and we are also never too old to crawl under the hem of that robe and to find that firm footing, and to wrap your arms around and hold on for dear life, because you are never, ever, all on your own. Amen.
As always, I invite you to take a look at the announcements in the bulletin, find out what's happening in the life of the church. Just to highlight a few, um, today is the final day to RSVP for our Forward and Faith Celebration Banquet. If you would like to attend on June 2nd and haven't yet let us know, Sandy and Deb will be out in the narthex. Just drop by and let them know that you plan to attend. Immediately following worship, our Congregational Life Commission is hosting a celebration reception for all of our graduates in Finley Hall, so I invite you to come to Finley Hall and tell them congratulations in person. Immediately following that is our new member orientation. We'll meet at about 11.15 in the library. If you're new to the church, interested in becoming a member, I invite you to join us there in the library. And finally, this Friday, you heard Joan mention Borderlinks and Kyle participation on that trip. On Friday, the executive director of Borderlinks is going to be here offering an update on U.S. immigration policies, letting us know what's been happening over the past year. So that'll be here Friday, 9 a.m. in the fireside room. You're welcome to join in that with Brian Best. Now, I'm actually going to invite you to remain seated for our closing hymn because we have the flames of the Spirit coming to join us, and I want to make sure you see them. But I do invite you to join in singing two times number hymn 288. Our custom is to greet you at the doors, but we've been instructed to uh, greet in the other room by the cake, and I'm not going to say no to that. So um, please join us for that time together, and if you must go, know that you go with the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God who is Father and Mother of us all, and the sweet communion and the holy fire of the Spirit, this day and every day. Amen. Amen.